Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. We are back for season three, episode one of Turns Out She's a Witch. Yay! Season three. Three's my favourite number. Same here. It's one of my favourites. There you go. Ah, well, Good this is going to be come in threes. a great season. We're booking interviews and recording interviews that we've dreamed about. We certainly are. It's, um, yeah, we've got some really amazing guests lined up and lots of amazing topics to talk about and yeah we'll see out the year with a bang that's for sure yeah and our guest uh this episode for our first episode back is just amazing and she's intriguing and so smart and we could have spoken easily for another couple of hours and you'll hear at the very end we're very much you know convincing her to already come back for for another episode We for sure. So much fun with Kelly as you're here coming back, uh, coming up very soon rather. So that was fun and we just wanted to say hi to everybody and thanks for your support. Um, in our two weeks off, we managed to uh, get to the Sydney Opera House and watch a beautiful performance called The Oracle. Mm, it was incredible. So I would say it's kind of like a burlesque Cirque du Soleil. Yep. is the vibe that I got from it uh, yep. with some fire twirling oh. and yep. whip cracking and silks and pole and yep. Yep. ballet and opera and it was just so sexy. <laughs> a feast for the eyes. It yep. really was. We had yeah. such an amazing time. Yeah, there was performances exploring the depictions of the mythologies around each sort of astrological zodiac sign and how they came to be and, you know, a, a performance of the storytelling around that. It was so captivating. It really was. And I think in future we might do an episode on that, on the different mythologies, the Greek mythologies behind the zodiac because it was I learned yeah. things the other yeah. night. That's yeah. for sure. It was incredible. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be coming up at some point. <laughs> For sure. And if Oracle, the is Oracle the myth it's called, the show, uh-huh, yeah. if it comes to your city, go and see it. We can highly recommend. It was um, just beautiful. Yeah, yeah, kick your eyes out. And if we're lucky enough to have any listeners that have seen it as well or that even perform in it, you know, get in touch. <laughs> oh, awesome. for sure. Please yeah. do. Yeah. So how have you been the last couple of weeks, Laura? What's been happening in your world? Oh, I've been all right. I've been to a quick little trip down to Melbourne to celebrate some family birthdays, my brother and my daughter. And actually, we saw Harry Potter, the stage show, when we were there at the Princess Theatre. Oh, wow. that, I think, um, I could have this wrong, but I think it's actually the oldest theatre in Australia. Wow. Um, so it was really, it was little, it had creaky staircases and the stage is so ornate and it's just beautiful, as you would imagine, yeah. like a really old stately theatre to look like. Um, and, yeah, the obviously the, the stage show, rather, Harry Potter was good, was just, well, better than good. It was interesting, though, there was a little fire. They use pyrotechnics a lot throughout the stage show, but there was a little one that I don't think was planned as well. Oh, no. So <laughs> there was a bit of excitement. Um, the actors themselves were carrying on. You could see sort of when this fire sort of stoked up from the stage area where at other points in the um, production it did happen sometimes there, but this one was like a little bit random. It was out of context. Oh, no. Um, So the actors, it happened on a part when they were on the Hogwarts train and so they're all talking to each other and this fire just randomly sparked up and then died down pretty quickly. Uh, So that took their attention but then they went back to delivering their lines and it wasn't until sort of the stage attendants came out, one with the fire blanket that came over and then the others were like ushering the actors off and actresses off Uh, and then the, you know, the little curtain came down and then there was just a, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a 
slight interruption. <laughs> the elemental back. fire has yeah, come in a to play. It's time. But oh gosh, so that was, you know, aside from the stage show itself being exciting, that was extra layer of excitement. But the, the show did go on. We were just sat there for a few short minutes. And then, of course, you know, they all came back out again and they restarted from the start of that scene. They're just like ultimate professionals, just yeah, so wow. impressed with the production and the and the actors. Some of them were, you know, really young as well. And they were all just amazing, blew me away. And just the effects throughout the, the production was amazing. There was um Death Eaters literally hovering just above our head on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, highly recommend it for anyone around around that way in Melbourne at the Princess Theatre. Go for it. You won't uh, you won't regret it. Well, it's just so nice to step out of reality for a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. When you see oh, these gosh, kinds yeah. of shows and performances, mm-hmm. it's it just takes you to another place. It's yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good to do every now and then. Absolutely. And and how are you? How's the house? Oh, we are getting there. So we moved yeah. into our new home. We are in, as I was saying to you off air, I feel like I'm only just kind of landing in this um, space now. It's been three weeks because we moved in and then five days later my husband had double leg surgery. So it was pretty, it was a hectic Big. time, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> it was a total whirlwind. So we were madly just trying to get things um, into the house and sort of set up before he had his operation because we knew that he would be in a wheelchair basically um, yeah. afterwards for quite a while so for those at home he had a double high tibial osteotomy so it's basically two broken legs to correct yeah the Um, top of his tibia bone was yeah angle to correct yep to straighten his legs and take the pressure off his knees and give him some pain relief and hopefully avoid a double knee replacement for 10 years at least. So, um, but he's recovering very, very well. It's, Go it's, been, it's been a journey, but yeah, he's been an absolute trooper and um, yeah, hectic operation. So I'm just so glad it's been just over two weeks now, um, but he's doing really well. We saw the surgeon the other day and his recovery is ahead of what it should be and his mobility and he's doing awesome. So, so hopefully, um, yeah, we can kind of get back into things now and Onwards. we really needed that couple of weeks break. <laughs> it was just yeah. crazy. So thank you to everyone for being patient while we were absent and um we're back. Yeah, you, we are balls. back. We are back. And, and you're sitting in your beautiful corner. What did you call it before? I call it my cosmic corner. Cosmic so I've got this. Corner. So sick. <laughs> I've got my um, cosmic corner. <laughs> everyone needs a cosmic corner. Yeah, um, so it's just in the corner of our, our bedroom and I've got my altar and a really like plush rug and mm. meditation cushions and, yeah, it's just all just my things. little spot with all my nice things here, my drum and my singing bowl and oh, lovely. candles. and Perfect yeah. for the podcast. It is. It is. So, yeah. Well, speaking but, of which, I suppose on with the episode. Absolutely. And we hope you enjoy this interview as much as we did. We just love her. So love, love, love. Hello to our beautiful podcast, Coven. We are so excited to be back in your ear holes again this week. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest that I have been so looking forward to interviewing for a while now. You know, when you find something wonderful and you just want to tell everyone about it, I felt that way when I discovered this witch and her truly magical creations. She's a witch, bona fide scientist, herbalist, mother, crazy cat lady, mm-hmm. art obsessed, dirt worshipping, photo taking, tattooed, dreadlocked, adventure seeking mermaid. She mm. has so much to offer. Her business, Hemlock and Dagger, where she loves making soaps, ritual and body oils, bath salts, and my absolute favourite, her magical herbal hydrosols. But she also has a love of creating with and immortalising dead things from scala to diaphanization, oh, my gosh, diaphanization did it, <laughs> <laughs> to entomology to lab-grown crystals. Whether it comes from her, apoc- her oh, my gosh, I am stuffing this up, apothecary. <laughs> <laughs> or her laboratory you can guarantee it always comes from her huge heart and side note no creatures die for her art they are all ethically sourced and lovingly created 
Her website tagline is, there is a little witch in all of us, and there could not be a more true statement. Introducing Kelly Ashton. Welcome to the podcast, gorgeous woman. Thank you. That was hilarious and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, some big words in there. I know. <laughs> I, I struggled. And I did think about, I did think about like, oh, let's just stop and start again. I was like, no, keep oh, it real. Yeah. So good. Got it awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so gosh, she sounds busy. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, my goodness. Talk about uh, a jack of all trades and I'm getting yeah. <laughs> Super intriguing. <laughs> Hence why we have you on the podcast. I can't Indeed. wait to pick your brains about all these things. <laughs> so first of all, a question I always ask our guests, what does the word witch mean to you? Um, so I actually asked my boyfriend what he thought of this question and um, I asked my son as well. Cool. And completely different answers to mine. So, of course, my son said, a woman with green skin and warts that cast spells. <laughs> Disney version. And I said, I'm offended. And he goes, well, I'm not a real witch. And I went, oh, okay. And then um, so Jamie said that, you know, a pagan who casts spells and follows the will of the year. And I said, oh, not all witches do follow the will of the year. And so mine has nothing to do with spells or anything like that. I... I see a witch as not male or female or, you know, gender at all, Um, but it's someone who's empowered and someone who's sort of dedicated to mastery of the self and who is aware of their own power and isn't afraid to stand in it or at least work towards being comfortable enough to stand in their own power. I don't know. I just feel like that's more of a witch than spells. I mean, anyone can cast spells. But a real witch to me is someone who isn't afraid to own their power and walk in the world as, you know, the powerful person they are. <laughs> I love that. That is perfect. Yeah, it really <laughs> captures that essence, like the underlying sort of principles, I don't know, if you will. Of... Take that, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so true, though, what you say, like anyone can cast a spell. Anyone can buy spell kits anyone can buy spell candles yeah and yeah to actually live authentically and authentically yeah that's perfect like my mother has so many people's names in her freezer (laughs) wow (laughs) I love this but she you know I wouldn't class her as a witch so yeah I think it's Mm. more it's more that sort of aspect it's deeper yeah Yeah. hopefully Mm. and podcast and for our listeners at home uh the freezer thing can you explain just in case they're like oh what she got in a freezer (laughs) (laughs) she's got people in a freezer but I thought that would give off Jeffrey Dahmer vibes so I didn't say that Um, (laughs) that's a shame (laughs) so um basically she if someone pisses her off she'll write their name on I'm sure I'm in there too Uh, (laughs) and she'll put them in the freezer because you know apparently that will stop their actions but the thing about that is once you take out you know if it defrosts or whatever then whatever behavior you're trying to stop will just start up again so yeah (laughs) I guess it takes a level of understanding of how things like that work too to yeah practice yeah <laughs> mm, mm, that's a good point isn't it it's not yeah. a it's not a cure is it could be a band-aid at, at best yes exactly mm. and that's where the whole mastery of the self comes in where you before you even try spell work it's it's good to do the mundane before the magic as well you know if someone's pissing you off talk to them <laughs> yeah yeah so true <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so, it's just common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mundane over magic always. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was on one of the very first episodes that Shan recorded with Tracy. You were talking about, you know, first and foremost, know thyself. That's yep. always return to that. Yeah, definitely. Be, yeah. Because it's so easy yeah. to lose sight of that too. It's a slippery yeah. slope sometimes. You get so caught up in everything else. You're like, oops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And most of the time when someone is actually pissing you off, it's usually a reflection of, of yourself. Like That's the hardest like, thing to accept sometimes, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Out. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Mm. All right. So it's my turn for a question, Kelly. (laughs) When did you become a witch and how important is ceremony and ritual in your own life? Um, Well, I I sort of started practising but not knowing what it was, but I started practising when I was about seven or eight Mm. Um, and I didn't find a name for it until I was about 11 or 12, but I was still sort of my earliest memory was when I was a kid I would be outside all the time and I'd just be talking to my mum thought I was crazy but I <laughs> I was like always talking to the tree spirits or um you know making potions with herbs in the garden and if I had a scratch I'd put you know I'd find something to put on it and it'd help heal it and I just thought oh yeah this is cool <laughs> um so I guess I was always sort of destined to be a herbalist mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I used to love making like potions. Like my mum used to buy me these little potion bottles. Like you can get them everywhere now in $2 shops, but she'd fill them with like coloured, you know, food colouring and I'd just feel like amazing. (laughs) So I was always destined to be either a witch or a scientist, so I decided to become both. I love this. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think all children sort of naturally do spells like they're, you know, childish ones, but they're spells nonetheless, like writing wishes on paper and burying them or um, I used to write uh, a wish in the sand and then let the waves come and wash it away and stuff like that. So I don't know, I I sort of always had the beliefs. Um, They didn't like me in Sunday school because I'd always ask, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But why? You have a wife? (laughs) How did did God make us without a female? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and um actually I've got a funny story about Sunday school that came to me the other day um I've always I've always had like Norwegian ancestry and I've always been fascinated by Norway even before Mm. I knew about witches and pagans and stuff um and then later on I realized that Norse mythology was a thing and Norse paganism was a thing and whatnot and then Recently, um, I've been doing a bit of work with Odin and I was doing a meditation and then all of a sudden I remembered that when I was at Sunday school, they asked us to draw a picture of God and I drew this dude with a big beard and a broad-brimmed hat, which is really random. And Mm. then, you know, later on I realised that that's how Odin appears to people all the time with this massive broad-brimmed hat. And so I just thought that was really funky like yeah Odin's like, oh, always been with me that's kind of cool oh. so, you know whereas everyone else is drawing this old guy with like robes and <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah yeah so I guess when I was a kid I had it I just it didn't have a name for it until I was about 11 or 12 and then I actively started practicing and Ooh. calling myself a witch yeah that's still quite young to to realize at that age yeah, and considering I had such a oh god, I hope she doesn't hear this podcast, but such a <laughs> family, <laughs> um, you know, and like I was always told, you know, I'll ch- you can choose whatever religion you want. We didn't get you baptized, but then when I chose paganism, no, no, that's the wrong choice. Choose again. <laughs> so yeah, considering that upbringing, I'm I'm surprised that I did find witchcraft. I'm glad I did. <laughs> Yeah, so well, it sounds cool. like something that's always been intrinsically with you yeah. from day dot. And um, I think that's yeah. a lot of people, actually. Mm. In retrospect, mm. like when you look at your behaviours when you were younger, I was quite similar, actually. My dad and mum were, were both like working in the scientific area. Dad worked in entomology and mum was a lab assistant. That's how they met. Oh, um, cool. But we had like toy microscopes and we, myself and my brother used to play a game called Mad Scientist and we'd go like, (laughs) it was one of, um, like it was a really old microscope but it had some really good um, lenses, is that what you call it? Magnification, yeah. And so we used to make our own little slides up and we had little test tubes and we used to, you know, pull people's hairs out and look under it and you could see, like, hairspray and it was really cool. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. I'd play with you guys. Oh, I know, (laughs) right? It was just funny. Like, I hadn't thought about that stuff forever until you just started talking, but we were tiny when we did that. And um, what else was I just thinking about? Oh, God, I can't remember now. I just got all excited. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. My brother's only one year older than me. And so the year he started kindy, um, my parents bought me a dog because I was always just outside talking to no one, apparently. <laughs> so they oh, thought wow. if, we, if we buy her a dog, she can have a dog to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I wonder who you were talking to. I'd love I to know. Remember. I was just always in my own little world. Yeah. I had an imaginary friend, well, so-called imaginary friend. Um, (laughs) Tell us. Yeah. When I was little, yeah, I used to have like same kind of thing, always, you know, outside having picnics and stuff, but I would insist my mum made two sandwiches and two drinks and and I'd sit there and chat away to this person as well. And What's the person like? Yeah. I don't remember. And I don't know if mum, I'll have to ask mum, I can't remember. And it's funny, Oscar, my eldest, had an imaginary friend that lived near the lawnmower and its name was Pumpkin. And he'd go out and sit there and chat. And I had to do the same thing with him. I had to give him two sandwiches and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. It is cute. But you wonder wonder if there's something else about it too. Of course. (laughs) I don't wonder at all. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Mm. Oh, so on to the next question. So you are a woman of many, many talents. Mm. And something that fascinates me is that you are not only a witch, but a bona fide scientist too. So can you tell us about your journey? Yeah. So um, like I said just a second ago, um, I used to love having little bottles with coloured liquid and whatnot. So I, I definitely was destined to have either a scientist or witch future. Um, but you know me, I like to do everything. So I decided, (laughs) (laughs) um, I truly believe that science, um, is magic, like magic. It's a magic that is, uh, sorry, magic is, um, you know, they're both one and the same, like magic, just science that hasn't been understood yet. And science, you know, back in the day when people would, make these discoveries but everyone was so hardcore against resistant to thinking. It. yeah, yeah <laughs> um, and they thought they were crazy like, didn't they yeah they'd be classed as heretics or um oh like who was that who was that woman that um got tortured and killed back in the day um which one yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> she was full-on scientist but she was also pagan and I think Lucy oh. Cavendish did a, a thing on her movie not long ago ah oh, can't remember oh, okay. okay yeah um anyway she well the movie's agora so anyone who thinks I'm bonkers for not remembering her name <laughs> that's the movie <laughs> so back you know back in the day when scientists would make these discoveries and everything you know a lot of people thought it was just magic and hocus pocus so <clears throat> who's to say that our magic you know isn't actual science it's just not been understood yet yeah. Mm. yeah probably <laughs> once I get my PhD a lot of colleagues are going to be like oh my god <laughs> I love that so <laughs> much <laughs> um but yeah I'm, I'm currently studying my honors and I will be getting my PhD and I did think to maybe do something a bit more not woo woo but <laughs> something a bit more witchy but um I'm gonna stick to my my love of science but um I'm rambling now, but I do think that I do think that they're one in the same. You know, I think that people who pra- practice magic are doing a kind of science. Mm. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> Definitely. Mm. Yeah, and I I think it's I love how you are living in both worlds as well because it really smashes down those misconceptions that witches are just these airy fairy people that don't really live in reality and Mm. you know think about the world from this perspective that isn't grounded and it's like nothing could be further from the truth oh god I hate the term pseudoscience that is just thrown around it's just thrown around I hate it people Mm. overuse that word and just because someone doesn't understand something doesn't make it pseudoscience Mm. at all (laughs) I think it makes the person putting that label on it feel better yeah, it does. It, I, I feel like there's a big trend of people who um, like to put people down who are seemingly not as, you know, they just like to make themselves feel a bit more educated and it makes them feel better about themselves, but actually they just come off as complete twats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I'm nodding away. <laughs> same, same here. 
Um, I love your business name, Hemlock and Dagger. Is Hemlock a plant that is special to you? Um, not particularly. I just I love the history of it, like the fact that it used to be used as a form of um, like death row. <laughs> Um, you know, Socrates was killed with hemlock and um, whatnot. But I, I mainly, it, the name just sort of came to me, but I think it's fitting because hemlock is a baneful herb, which I'm kind of, as a herbalist, kind of obsessed with baneful herbs. Um, but also um, because, you know, I work with a lot of dead things, so I thought that was a bit fitting. And the dagger part, um, I'm planning on sort of learning smithcrafting because apparently I don't have enough hobbies as it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to make ritual daggers and, um, you know, like ritual jewellery and stuff like that. Um, wow. With a smith, so. <laughs> Please do. Please so do. cool. You must be tapping into like an alternate timeline to like fit everything in that you're doing. It's, it's, Maybe I've cloned know. myself and that's where yeah. the cycle comes in. <laughs> Share your secrets. <laughs> so I absolutely love all of your work, as you know, because I can't stop buying at all. <laughs> In particular, your herbal hydrosols. So for our listeners that may not be aware, what is a hydrosol? Um, so a hydrosol is a, a water-based product um, and it's made from distilling uh, parts of the plants like flowers, leaves and fruit and bark, pretty much anything. <clears throat> um, it's a byproduct of essential oil production. So um, you get like litres and litres of hydrosol to pretty much three drops of essential oil. Wow. Um, yeah. So cool. So essential oils just take so much plant product to make. So I kind of prefer the hydrosols, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, they, they share some of the same qualities, and but they're not as concentrated as hydrosols because hydrosols are mainly water. But they also they contain some essential oils within them. Um, they're a bit more subtle with the scent. Um, and they're gentler to use on your skin. You don't have to dilute them at all like you do with essential oils. Uh, but they're used in, like, skincare and aromatherapy, sometimes medicinal. Um, I've had people buy my um, chamomile hydrosol to help with their acne on their face. Um, but, yeah, I also use them in spells and rituals a lot as offerings to deities. Like I've got a, um, I've got a Freya blend that I've used in the past and I have been meaning to make more deity blends but mm. so busy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, they still, oh, they smell so yummy. I love when I have to bottle some up for um, a customer and I get mm. to take a big nose full of them. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. So and I think saying, I contacted you after the um, I purchased the mugwort hydrosol from you and I was using it before I went to sleep and, my gosh, like I was having the most vivid dreams. And Oh, really? Yeah, like it was next level. Like I've actually got to be careful when I use it because I feel it's that potent and it really taps me in and like I have these very strong visions in those dreams and dreams that I remember like I wake up and it's, I, I remember the whole story it's not oh, just cool. like broken little moments so yeah it's amazing I love it oh, and wow. your rosemary one I just am obsessed with it it's just How beautiful <laughs> oh it's divine so I use that at my altar space to cleanse before I yeah. do rituals so it's just oh I'm glad you're gorgeous enjoying- I love them I love them and every time you do a release I'm like oh shit <laughs> Don't look. How I feel about her mugs. I banned myself now yeah. from going on this side. one that I'm drinking coffee out of now yeah. and I've got about two more up on my, my teeth. <laughs> yeah, such an addiction. It is. <laughs> and you look at cauldrons. Oh, I saw you oh. the other day. That was so cute. Yeah, I need to make more of those. I'm, They're the best. Yes, I haven't do. done cauldrons in a little while, but, yeah, they it's kind of like what you were saying off air before. It's when I'm inspired to do things, you know. If yeah, I, you don't I want feel to it's time to make up. cauldrons, it's cauldrons. Yeah. If it's time to do posy pots or ritual bowls, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're inspired to do what people need at the time, I guess. So, mm. yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed. When I make something that I'm inspired to make, they usually sell straight away. So it's obviously mm. the right time. It's the teller. 
Yeah. I have a quick little add-on question with the hydrosols. You, you mentioned oh. that you distill it. So, and I know I've looked on your Instagram in the past, you do have, there's a special piece of equipment that does that, right? Yeah, it's called yep. an Olympic. And I like the copper one because it looks prettier. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. I was going to buy the whole, you know, Breaking Bad setup because <laughs> <laughs> Because scientist, but um, also very I cool. Little Olympic, I thought that's it's super cute. So yeah, uh, yeah you can get two types. There's one. Uh, mine has the big long neck, mm. and that's um, the one that you get essential oils from. And then I think the shorter one, apparently, you don't. I don't know why. I don't understand why. But um, yeah, like I've I know when I distill mine, I can see the essential oils floating on top. Okay. Um, but yeah, with the science sciencey setup, you can actually get this apparatus that um, you can sort of um, turn a tap, and then the water will come out, the hydrosol will come out, and you can stop it just before the essential oils. So you oh, can actually. Okay. But you need so much plant materials, so I yeah. don't. Really, mm. I don't. <laughs> yeah. How long does it take? Like, is it days, hours? Well, probably a couple of hours. Uh-huh. I sort of I set it up in my kitchen because mm-hmm. you need like a constant flow of water uh, to okay. keep it nice and cool otherwise it gets too hot and it doesn't distill anything yeah. um, but basically it boils it boil you put water in the plants in the bottom and then it boils and the steam comes up and gets cooled down on the way down and then you're basically collecting the steam yep, um, yep. yeah that makes sense. A technical way of speaking. So cool. I just want to come over and play next time you do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shannon's got a yummy, a yummy garden as well. So you guys can come over. Yeah. And we'll bring out <laughs> Oh stuff. my gosh. Yeah. That'd be so fun. <laughs> we'll a hydrosol pay- a hydrosol party. Yeah, yeah. Like Breaking Bad witchcraft style. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's going to happen. <laughs> and we'll record. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, I love your website and can see you craft all sorts of things from herbal, lotions, soaps, oils and witchy altar tools. What is one of your favourite things to create? Um, it's the one that Shannon struggled to say before, diaphanization. <laughs> diaphanization Well, yeah, I wouldn't love struggle it. to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that I can take uh, something that's deceased. It has to be small because I can't do anything new. The biggest thing I'm, I've done at the moment is a big snake and it's been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but basically you get something that's died like a rat or something and then you have to... I'm so sorry for saying this, but you have to gut it and you have to skin it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's hard and work. It with a series of uh, chemical baths uh-huh. and basically you are staining the cartilage and the bone and then making the flesh transparent so that it's like an X-ray kind of thing. Wow. So cool. I've seen you post photos. Um, so cool. Yeah. So basically you're making oh, the flesh wow. transparent. Oops, sorry. <laughs> jumped out of your head like the cartilage is blue and the bone is purple like a purpley color and it just looks like a little bottled skeleton it's really and it's so pretty and mm. it's like given the dead thing a new life and mm. you know, people can appreciate it after it's long gone so cool <laughs> and it's it the reminder we'll to- that yeah there's that beauty in death as well yeah, and I think death is so taboo and I, I, it makes me sad because it's just another aspect of life, just like birth, you know, like birth is celebrated. Why isn't death celebrated? It's, it's yeah. not the end, it's just a transition into another phase, really. It's that understanding mm. and also acceptance of, you know, we don't have all the answers and that's okay, being comfortable yeah. with that, whereas people just like, you know, they get a certain amount of comfort from being able to label things and try and fool themselves into thinking they understand every element about it. Yeah. It's much yeah. more difficult to go, I don't have all the answers, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We will have to post um, a photo to our socials of oh, your yeah. little, um, like, Scouts and things like that. Yeah, skeletons so that people can see what we mean because they are a work of art. They're amazing. Yeah, I love them. They're my favourite thing to do. They take weeks and weeks but it's oh, just, yeah, but it's just, I don't know, it's like my scientist comes out and then mm. 
my artist comes out and yeah I love it how did you even learn that was it something you decide, decided to try or that's, yeah well I saw I can't remember where I saw it but um, we yeah. did histopathology a lot at um uni yeah. and I, I hated it <laughs> oh. but um oh just the lecturer was a bit dry and yeah, but um, and then I saw it, and I and then read that they just use chemical stains and baths and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah I just I've read a lot of papers and yeah, gave it a go. Taught myself, yeah. <laughs> so a massive snake. You've done a massive snake. Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I wanted to do just like uh, like little hatchlings that didn't make it, sort of yeah. thing. They're small and they're easy to stick into jars. Um, but this snake is like a, ju- <laughs> like a juvenile, like it's huge, and I've got this big tub and it's the chemicals aren't cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a big process and it's, yeah, it's been expensive, but hopefully he turns out good. <laughs> oh, it's ongoing. I'm sure he hasn't. Well. I haven't finished of... it yet. No, wow. he's soaking. <laughs> I hate to sound morbid, but I'm trying to picture how difficult it would have been to gut and skin that. It was hard. He yeah. did what? I mean, he wasn't alive, don't stress. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was trying to skin him, like I've still got his skin actually because it's so beautiful. Yeah. But when I was trying to do it all, a lot of the times I forgot that he's got fangs and I kept getting my finger on his. Oh, my God. Yeah. So wow. it, it was a process. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk to you for days. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I know. We get out. So I have to ask because I always find it so fascinating. Do you have a particular deity you work with? And can you tell us about how you formed this relationship? Um, yeah, so um, well, at the moment I'm working with both Bridget and Odin. Uh, it's a bit funny with Bridget. She has been trying to get my attention probably for a year and a half now. And because I'm so dark and morbid, I was like, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I only like, you know, scary goddesses. So, <laughs> so I um, kind of ignored her for a year and a half. And then um, and then the Morrigan came through for me just for a very brief period and she left. It's really, it's a funny story. Like I was doing, I felt very lost and I did a meditation and the Kaliak came through for me in my meditation, who is a goddess I've never even bothered to, you know, I know about her and that's about it. And she said, you're going through a winter at the moment. Um, That's why you're feeling so down, um, but you need to, you know, work with fire, work, you know, have have an imulk in your own life sort of thing. And I thought that was weird. And I was talking to my best mate who you interviewed Bianca. Oh, Bianca. Beautiful. Beautiful. And she's like, oh, you should work with Bridget. I'm like, oh, Bridget. (laughs) Shut up. She won't leave you alone. So I decided (laughs) to work, you know, and just swallow my pride and work with her. And it seriously has been life-changing. Like she's brought me out of my winter well and truly. Um, It's just funny how patient she's been with me. Um, and then also, like I said, Odin has come through a lot for me recently and um, I've realised that he's actually been with me my whole life um, looking mm. back. Um, but, yeah, in the past I've worked with Persephone a lot with I've got like a big, a lot of mother wound issues sort of thing. Uh, you probably guessed that. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mum. <laughs> um, and I've also worked with Hecate and, like I said, the Morrigan. But, um, yeah, at the moment it's, it's Bridget and um, Odin mainly. <laughs> wow. I always love, I love just hearing how people connect with these different yeah. energies yeah. And, and how they affect their lives and it's just beautiful. And I love how, like, things that happen it can't be a coincidence and, mm. and you can't explain Mm-mm. to people, you know, these people who are like, oh, pseudoscience, you can't really explain to them the feeling of how you know that you're connecting with a deity. Like it's just, yeah, yeah it's mm. beyond science really. Mm. And I don't think. And very personal. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's something that, like you said, you can't explain. For the people that get it, they get it. For the people yeah. that don't, well, they just don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I kind of feel sorry for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. imagine being close-minded enough to yeah. not be, it's sad, really. But yeah, you know. It's just a whole different sort of dimensional understanding, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, But also I find it so fascinating that so many people have that level of resistance before they finally accept someone Yeah, because it's usually a goddess or a god that you don't, you know, you don't feel like you resonate with, but it's actually who really needs. It's that judgment, (laughs) you know, we know nothing. Yeah. (laughs) The final moment where you just go, oh, okay, surrender. It's like, they're like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I've read a a couple of sources that say that uh, Bridget is actually the Morrigan's daughter and there's some sources that say he's not but I just found it funny because I was I was thinking that maybe she was like oh mom can you (laughs) help I love it (laughs) oh god is it my turn to ask another question it is your turn I thought you were looking at me like okay right uh Kelly do you celebrate um all of the festivals in the wheel of the year um if so I would love to know what your favorite sabbath is um, yes, I do. I love the fact that we get a holiday every six weeks. I think that's amazing. Um, my favourites are definitely Beltane and Samhain. Um, I love dead things, obviously. So, <laughs> And I work a lot with my ancestors. I've got a really close relationship with them. So Samhain mm. is really important to me. Um, but Beltane, because it's just so much fun dancing around the maypole with your friends um my kids love it because I make fairy nectar drinks and they oh wow <laughs> tell me more that. oh it's basically it's so basic you basically put orange juice cranberry juice together um and then it's got mint leaves and raspberry and rose petals in it oh wow oh. and that my kids amazing. Love this. every time there's a sabbath they're like is it Beltane yet Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, so they love that. And my my son loves making fairy bread, so I make let him make that for Beltane. So um, but I also love midsummer and midwinter. Um, midwinter because, it, to me, that's the new year mm. and it, new beginnings and whatnot. But midsummer also because that's, that's it for summer. <laughs> We're moving into the darker months now. So <laughs> do you like that? Do you prefer the darker? I, I used to. I used to love winter, but I'm mm. struggling. I'm struggling this winter. It's I don't know. It's not my thing because of all the rain we've been having. But I haven't been able to go surfing, and I haven't. Mm. Yeah, it's just I haven't really enjoyed this winter as mm. much as usual. Mm. It has been a really wet, dreary winter, though. Yeah. Like more, like more than I ever remember. It's... Yeah, and we got kind of duped from a, a summer as well because it was just raining the whole time. So no, I didn't True. really surf through summer either. So, no. yes, mm. kind it's of not amazing. Here in vibes. Yeah, <laughs> and then a couple of years ago the whole country was covered in fires. Yes. You know, <laughs> so extreme, so bipolar. It's crazy yeah, it's right now. A bit worrying, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely is. Yeah. Mm. And they're yeah. saying... We have another La Nina in Australia this summer. Yeah. So. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. That is pretty much I my thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To put it eloquently. It it's been mm. a crazy three years pretty much. Fires, floods, COVID. <laughs> just, yeah. I just think back and I think, wow, I didn't realise how good I had it before COVID, the fires, everything. Like our life was so much more simple <laughs> yeah calm so peaceful yeah yeah we were all being yeah. corralled into this false sense of security and then yeah. we're like Rah. yeah exactly <laughs> have this and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's been lessons in it all that's for sure that we've had to go yeah. through the the ringer basically and come out the yeah. other side and yeah yeah well, I'm sure it's made a lot of us stronger and yeah absolutely Absolutely. So we get asked a lot by our listeners about covens and I know you are in one. So would you mind sharing with us what it involves? Um, a lot of disorganized disorganization. <laughs> Sounds like our podcast coven. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically at the moment, um, we're just trying to, because we're all so busy and especially now that I've started honours and my friend Bianca, she's planning a wedding and she's got two jobs and yeah, everything's crazy. So it's really hard, but um, basically we just try to organise things online 
you know, before the full moon or dark moon, we'll try to figure out what we want to do. And then, yeah, it's not, it's not very formal. Like we're not, you know, dressing up in robes and stuff. That's such a but, shame. That's exactly yeah. what I was picturing. <laughs> so that all naked. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, basically, you know, on the dark or full moons, we'll figure out what we want to work on or whatever and we'll sort of, <clears throat> one of us will, will write the spell and one of us will organise food and drink um, to ground afterwards. Uh, we'll all bring our own things, like if we need you know items then we all sort of share the load in that way um sabbats is is more I guess I don't know it seems to be more exciting for sabbats because it's a big celebration so um like for midsummer last year it was unreal um I sort of set up out the back underneath the bamboo trees and it was sort of like it was almost like stepping through the veil and you just got to spend time in the fairy realm. Like it was, wow. it was so magical and so like we were sipping little cocktails and the table was just full of food. And oh, gosh. Yeah, it was so much fun. And um, But then sometimes, you know, like Samhain, uh, we were all here and we were carving pumpkins and <laughs> uh, we uh, one of our coven sisters had a um, ukulele and she was singing a song that was sort of special to her and her ancestors. So, yeah, I guess it's, um, I don't know, when I've seen certain covens on, like, Instagram and stuff, a lot of it's very rigid and, um, you know, you need to wear robes and you need to memorise things, but we're kind of more of a, um, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's not as stringent Mm -hmm. as, yeah, a lot of people think, but... Yeah, it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> you should come to us some of our sabbats. <laughs> That's Love what we're waiting to. for. That's a sort of a sideline question too, though. How many people are there in it? Is it always the same number? Do people come and go? What's that sort yeah, of? Yeah, people have been coming and going at the moment. Um, mm. We've had a couple of members leave recently. So there's at the moment there's just three, but yep. uh, really we like it small mm-hmm. um so yeah we had we had five not long ago but um yeah a couple left because they were just busy and whatnot yeah. so yeah at the moment it's just three and we're really enjoying having a really small number um but obviously we're going to probably I don't know do like a little spell to try and attract mm-hmm. a couple more members soon when we're not as busy <laughs> when you yeah. feel called I love how you just do things based on how you're feeling individually yeah. but collectively as well it's just yeah. speaks to how it should be rather than the rigidity like rigidity of it all yeah what you should do. Rebel. I don't like rules yeah <laughs> I'm hearing you mm. <laughs> it sounds like you just have a beautiful um sisterhood within the coven and yeah. support system as well yeah that's exactly how it feels like we've got a group chat and whenever we've got something going on we can just nut it out together and um you know if one person's having issues then the other two will just sort of come up with witchy strategies to help and Cool. Um, the other the other week we had uh, full moon where neither of us could go anywhere. Um, none of us could go anywhere, so we had um, like a FaceTime. <laughs> yep. I did, I was so skeptical. I was like, "No, nah, this is going to be crap." But it was <laughs> one of the most powerful <laughs> things ever. Like it was, we we did readings for each other. Absolutely. And yeah, it was so it was so nice. So it's better when it's a small group because you're more close and it's more like a little family rather than if there's more people. Yeah, I I prefer it small, I think. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than dilute it with lots of people. Yeah. (laughs) Sacred. (laughs) Sacred, that's right. Hmm. Is there a particular quote that resonates with you deeply and would you mind reading it to our listeners? This can be from your own work or the work of someone that inspires you. Um, this was tricky because there's so many that I like, um, but I'm rereading the Havamal at the moment, which is like basically Odin's poetry. Wow. There's a couple of verses, uh, stanzas from that, that I like and bear with me because it's, (laughs) (laughs) because the Havamal is, you, you know, it's very, um, 
different people can translate it in different ways. Sure. Um, So this is from stanzas 76 to 77. Um, Cows die, family die, you will die the same way, but a good reputation never dies for the one who earns it well. Cows die, family die, you will die the same way. I know only one thing that never dies, the reputation of the one who's died. So I, I kind of feel like that's him saying that, you know, you can have all the money in the world, you can have possessions, but you can't take that. Like that all just doesn't matter once you're dead. That mm. when you die, the way people remember you is so important. So if you're an absolute see you next Tuesday. Ah, I love it. <laughs> when, you're, when you're alive, then you're going to be either forgotten or just looked at as an absolute, you know, no one's going to think fondly of you when you're dead. So I think um, it's telling you to live life to the fullest, inspire people, you know, not be a jerk <laughs> while you're here because that's the only thing that's going to remain when you're gone. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Perfect sense. I think there's a similar quote, uh, sentiment quote from Maya Angelou that basically, uh, you know, to paraphrase it, is just like people remember how you made them feel. It's not so much what you do long after you've gone, it's how everyone felt, how you yeah. made them feel. Yeah, exactly. And like you can kind of tell when you go to a funeral and there's not many people there compared to um, when you go to a funeral and there's, you know, a ton of people there. So, I don't know. I, I guess I I think reputation is quite important. Oh, she's back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Shannon. You disappeared. Deep in thought. She just then. likes to mix it up again. <laughs> surprise! It's surprise, Shannon. <laughs> Technology, man. But I'm back. <laughs> Oh, to our listeners, we're recording on Zoom, so we look like you know the Brady Bunch, and then Shannon disappeared. It was just Kelly and I for a little while, and then she's back again. So I am <laughs> mixes it up, keeps it so exciting. I heard your beautiful reading about Odin, and then it dropped out, and I'm like, damn! I wanted to hear what she said about it, but I'll just listen to this. Oh, trying to reiterate that once you're gone, what your reputation was like. We had a good little bit. About you and your god, it was good. She must have frozen before we realized because you only disappeared. Well, from how I was looking at you, you disappeared for like a second and then you okay. reappeared. Yeah. But yeah. You must have frozen for a while. I just thought she was deep in trance, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. deep listening. <laughs> wow, she really likes this moment. Yeah, it's well, really it's... resonating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna like edit that out. That no, don't, don't. <laughs> keeping it real. Keeping it real. All right. Absolutely. So are we. I don't even know if we're up to my question yet because I wasn't here. Yes, we're up. To we're you, good. Shen. Okay. Yep. So on yes. the <laughs> on the podcast, we have a divine tool of the week each episode to share with our listeners. Is there anything in particular that you love working with in ritual? Uh, yes, I am a massive, massive fan of um like runes and sigil magic so I don't know if someone said that before in the past I hope not I don't want to copy no, them but we um, haven't had runes at all no. and yeah cool. well um yeah I just I love making bind runes which is like getting a couple of runes for your purpose and then mushing them together and making a brand new sigil cool. yeah I love doing that beautiful <laughs> it's pretty much that's it. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I awesome. recently made one for Bianca actually for her. Um, she's getting for her hen's day. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say it because it might be a surprise. So I won't <laughs> say it. Oh. Well, maybe Whoops. Bianca can't listen to this episode. I made one for Bianca. Yeah, Bianca, <laughs> just turn off right now. <laughs> oh, amazing. And I did notice that you do um, through Hemlock and Dagger, you do sell runes that you create and things like that yeah, from time oh, to time. Yeah, well, I design people uh, bind runes and mm-hmm. I've made a couple of like altar blocks with runes and sigils and stuff. They actually, I'm surprised, I don't know why, but they sell pretty well actually and I just, for some reason, artists just instantly think their art isn't good enough to be sold. So I guess every time I put up an altar block with a rune or a sigil, it seems to sell straight away. So I'm always 
surprised at that. <laughs> I probably should be, but yeah. I love how humble you are. <laughs> like your work is incredible and obviously mm. people are attracted to your magic and, and want to own a little piece of it. And yeah, I just, I love Thank it you. just that you don't see that, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it frustrates Jamie because I'm even with science, like honors at the moment is frustrating me because my experiments aren't going my Ooh. way, but he's like, well, that's how scientific breakthroughs happen with mistakes. And true. So yeah, yeah I think cause my, my supervisor at the moment, um, I doubt he'll listen to this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Some of my my plates, my agar plates with my uh, bacteria and stuff uh, aren't doing what his were doing and so I automatically think that I've done something wrong but, I don't know, maybe I've discovered a brand-new virus that attacked them all. Leave it in the bloody lab. viruses that only target bacteria so don't stress okay I love it I just want to hear more all about the sciencey stuff but that's just because I grew up listening to all that cool stuff yeah I bet you'd be really into it yeah I'm such a big nerd Um, (laughs) Kelly do you have anything brewing that you would like to share with our podcast coven and how can everyone find you and your incredible work and I will include links um, for anyone listening in the show notes attached to this episode. Okay. Um, Well, because I've been working with Bridget, uh, when I was a kid I used to do a lot of poetry and, um, again, I hope my mother doesn't hear this, but um, (laughs) I swear she's a lovely woman. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Dedicate the episode to your (laughs) mum. When I was um, a kid, I used to write poetry, but because I've always been sort of a bit on the morbid side, (laughs) uh, she obviously got freaked out and banned me from writing poetry because she said it was too dark and too morbid and she didn't like it. So that kind of traumatised me and I stopped writing it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, and it was really important to me. It was my way of expressing a lot. So, um, I haven't written <clears throat> since I was a little girl. And then I, before Bridget finally came through. <laughs> that just um, covered me in chills, really, truly. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, um, before uh, Bridget, I finally let her in sort of thing, um, I decided that I wanted to get that back again, mm. my, poet, my poetry. So I sort of re- wrote a couple of poems and Jamie was like, you know, can you read out one? And that was huge because... I was terrified. So Mm. I did. I read him one and I just burst into tears. Um, And then now since I've been working with Bridget, I was doing a meditation and I asked, you know, what what offering can I give you? And she's like, write me a book on poetry. So, yeah, so I'm working on a pagan prose kind of book where I'm going to write like a lot of chants and evocations, words of power, incantations and stuff like that because that's sort of, in my coven, I'm the one that sort of writes all that sort of stuff. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to be writing like a book of pagan words of power, I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Beautiful. so I sort of started that. And I've yeah. always wanted to write a book, but there's always so many books on, you know, how to be a witch. So I didn't want to yeah. kind of go down that avenue. Um, and then two of my covens, or my only two coven sisters at the moment, <laughs> We're talking about maybe doing a podcast, maybe, but, you know, yep. we're doing so much at the moment anyway, so I don't know if that'll happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just oh, another hobby. I love it. It just got yeah. all this. Well, you can come on this one. As often yeah, as exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we do need to, um, I'm just going to put it out there right now, but we do would love to talk to someone about the Norse mythology because we do, that's another thing oh. we get asked about a lot and I'm not up with it all. Okay. Um, so yeah, maybe another episode with you about that would be amazing. Yeah, for sure. I'd love that. Holy solely on Norse mythology. Yeah. That'd yeah, cool. for sure. <laughs> yep, book her in. Let's so lock it in. <laughs> <laughs> Before she can leave. <laughs> We're all listening still. Oh, Kelly, thank you so much. It's been such an amazing time getting to meet you and record with you. It's um we've been so excited. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we've been excited and looking forward to this one. I knew you'd just be a 
a wealth of witchy knowledge and you have been and I know our listeners so are just going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yep. And we'll include, like I said, we'll include links to uh, your cool Instagram and everything like that. Oh, yeah, so. I forgot to say that, didn't I? That's <laughs> good. It'll all be there for our for our people that like to look and stalk. Yeah. <laughs> I do like a good stalker. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout out on the podcast there's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. Bye.